0: As an honorable student in high school, I dreamt of Claremont College with its botanical garden and the green campus of Mills College as a fertile ground for knowledge and discovery. When my parents got divorced during my junior year, my dreams of going to college in the U.S. and studying in Europe were shattered. I had to put my studies on hold for a while to start working to pay for my French language courses. I had to change plans, but I never gave up on my dreams. After obtaining my diploma in French language studies, I was ready to go to France to obtain a higher level certification, and also to see the world. I searched for institutes, prepared a budget, and showed all this to my dad. I'm sorry, I can't afford it. Stop dreaming, my father said. I postponed higher education for a three-year career, never letting go of my idea of traveling to Europe. But how? If I had to work and study? I took things one day at a time and stayed focused. Back in the day, I got a job as an assistant for Ministry of Economic Development to later become an account executive and investment promoter. One morning we were called to a meeting at work to announce a program of investment promotion of our local le- region in Europe. We will send interns to Germany and France. Wow, the opportunity was there! I read all about the program, I got the name of the office hosting the program in France. That evening I was home laying on the sofa with all these thoughts in my mind. I couldn't sleep. I walked to the corridor and wrote with a black marker on a small mirror. I am going to France. I told my boss, who was a bit of a tyrant, why don't you send me? I'm studying foreign trade, I speak French. No, you haven't finished school. This is not for you. 3 a.m. the next day. I called the commercial attaché in Paris to explain that I might be a candidate and ask what the procedure was. Hello, how are you? It's noon here, so you're calling at 4 a.m.? He explained that he needed an official communication with the name of the candidate. I wrote a well-structured draft following the tedious government protocol, explaining why my boss boss, the Secretary of Economic Development, thought Yana should be recommended as a candidate. I had worked directly with him on numerous occasions to receive trade missions and investors. He knew me and he appreciated my skills. The following week, I spoke to the minister's assistant. Sarah, I need to speak to El Señor Secretario. Let me know when he's available." Later on, she called my extension saying, he has two minutes now. (sighs) Fear and guts rushed me to his office as he was walking out. Sir, I need to speak to you. Tell me on my way to the major's office, he said. Okay, this is about the foreign promotion program. I'm studying foreign trade. I speak very good French. I know our region. I can represent the state in paris very well okay what do we have to do he replied i hand the paper to him this is my suggestion of a i did not finish saying the word draft when he had already signed it it's on i had jumped over my boss and i had a draft signed authorizing my eight month mission in paris was it easy no was it amazing Yes I was all set up for my working trip to Paris. Permissions granted, airplane ticket reserved and paid, diplomatic visa and... Uh, that was basically it. I was not a high-level executive sent with a relocation package. I was not a diplomat either. I was only a young woman that had made her way this far, with hard work and loving what she was doing. I had earned this assignment, but I had also gained the ire and the envy of some, so I didn't get any help from the administration staff. I had to figure out all the rest by myself. The toughest part was finding a place to live and figuring out how to survive in Paris with 600 euros per month. I looked for places in the internet, but there wasn't much. As you might know, In Paris, you need to be on-site to pay and literally snatch the place. I asked everyone if they knew someone. An acquaintance said, I know these girls that have a room available. When I landed in Paris with my luggage, these two skinny sisters in their 20s met me at a nice Baroque-style building near Luxembourg Gardens in the 6th arrondissement. We went up and up and up to the last level of the building. The attic to a chambre de bonne. A chambre de bonne is a separate room at the top of a birch building of the 1830s, where the maids used to live back in the day. Yes, it was the maids' room area. A long dark corridor with six rooms of 12 square meter each that contained a bed, a wash basin, a minibar, and a tiny window. The shared restroom and shower were in the corridor and smelled like a sewer. I was spending cold nights in a cell-like room. It was not until much later that I discovered that one can look for studios and get financial aid through a government agency that offers help on housing. If only someone had told me about this and many other tricks and how-tos before, my adventure could have started so much better and I would not have been threatened by these girls. When I told them I was leaving the room three weeks after my arrival, they said, well, you should have given a notice. You need to pay us a penalty. For a place without a contract, that they were subletting, which is illegal. There I was, back on the quest of a place to live, in the middle of a completely new world. Showing up to work with a smile At one of the nicest neighborhoods of Paris, a fancy building at the premier arrondissement, close to La Bourse, the Stock Exchange building. My first expat experience was tough, but also enriching and amazing. I learned so many things about living abroad, about myself, and also about French people. But that will be a complete full episode by itself because you need to know that during that assignment, my French friend became my love partner for the following six years. When the assignment was successfully completed, I went back to my job, gave my resignation, trained my replacement, and lived in France and then in Barcelona. Whether you're a senior executive, a spouse, a mid management assignee, or an intern with a low budget, you still have to go to that cycle of preparation, honeymoon, culture shock, adaptation or rejection and repatriation. In other episodes, we will talk about all the different phases of this cycle and what we can do to make it smoother. After my first assignment, I started being an expat by my own means, going from having a diplomatic visa to a person without a legal immigration status. It is tough, but it's also so exciting and challenging I am not a person that likes roller coasters. I will never ever jump off a cliff or a bungee or do skydiving. But I can imagine why so many people do it. Every time I move to a new place, is this feeling of panic and emotion? It's a total rush. Going to a new city, a new country, involves a great deal of emotions. You have to leave behind family, friends a job, a career. All along the episodes, I might be quoting Colonel Chris Hatfield from his book, An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth, which I think every expat should read before their first move. Here we learn about survival, leadership, success, failure, and being prepared. Chris Hatfield says, In my experience, Fear comes from not knowing what to expect and not feeling you have any control over what's about to happen. When you feel helpless, you're far more afraid than you would be if you knew the facts. And how do you prepare? What are the important things to do and to know before you accept an assignment abroad or before you decide to move to another country? Of course, this varies with each case, the country you're going to, if you go alone with a partner or family. We can make a big list of the important things to do before moving abroad. That is actually part of my job as a coach. But today I would like to mention a few general points. What are your personal objectives and those of your partner? What are your professional objectives? Do these match with the assignment? Set realistic expectations. Yeah, we say, oh, I will learn the language immediately. I love it. I will adapt fast. I will be making a lot of money. Well, it's not always the case. Do research of the place you are going to. The more you know, the more prepared you are, the less stress there will be. Have official documents up to date. And get informed on which one of those you will need to be translated and with apostille get an international health insurance. Figure out how you will manage your funds. If you're being sent on an assignment, have an open, detailed talk with your HR or relocation agent on what is covered on your package and what is not, as well as the current immigration requirements, as they are now changing more rapidly than ever. Start learning the new language. Have a support group back home and I start creating one in your new location. Start networking! Months before my move I usually get into forums of the host country and I start making virtual acquaintances. Getting to know people, asking questions, it is very useful and when you get there you kind of feel you already have friends. Patience. Know that you will need to be very patient your set of mind, be humble, curious and ready to learn, be open to discover a new culture. Sometimes we can learn that this thing that is done differently than in our home country is actually really good. I have a big list of awesome things I've adopted from other cultures. Try to understand what the origin of certain behavior is. It will help you understand why it's done in a certain way i like to mention the word ethnocentrism as the general belief or attitude in the superiority of one's own country or ethnic identity group. Also, and very important in the workplace, by being humble and listening, one can learn a lot about the culture and you integrate better, have self-awareness. But most important, Know that you can always leave if you don't like the place, and that you will gain a great deal of learning, you will meet great people, and you will grow as a person and as a professional.